Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Wise Men Say podcast and the return of the AV Club, where in a series of special episodes, we're going to be taking a look at the 1998 BBC TV Fly on the Wall documentary, Premier Passions. I'm Richard Easterbrook and today we are joined by Gareth Barker. Hi. Hi, Gareth. You all right? Yeah. How's lockdown treating you? Too long, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit boring now, isn't it? That's the main thing. just break it? <laughs> yeah, that's the main thing. I mean, Barnet Castle isn't that far, and like I haven't been, so, you know. I think, it, what, what did the guidelines specifically say? Like, no to Barnet Castle, or like, no to stupid trips? I don't know. Let's no, not get into that. No to drive yeah, into Barnet Castle to yeah. test your eyes. Yeah, yeah don't, exactly, don't, yeah. Drive and don't drive to test your eyes. I mean, oh. no wonder they changed the slogan to "Stay Alert." There's all the blind people on the road trying to like <laughs> run you over. <laughs> maybe that's why there's a oh, lockdown. No. Maybe there is. Yeah, maybe there is no coronavirus. Maybe there's just a load of like blind people in cars just running people down. Like Co- maybe careering a, down, baby. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. So, and the voice you could hear in the background there—that's Matthew Keelan. Hi, Matt. Hello. How are you doing? I'm all right. Yeah, not bad. I just miss I just miss the pub a lot. Yeah, I can say that. Yeah, I, I just miss just miss like kind of not running a mile when someone gets within two meters of us. Yeah, because <laughs> like when if you go out and do a bit of shop and then you come home and so and like like your wife comes towards you or something like whoa 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 whoa. <laughs> it's like it's all pre-programmed. We'll be fine when we come back though, Simon, yeah. because our yeah. centre halves have been social distancing for years. So. Oh dear, Wee. lovely dar joke there. Lovely. Oh well, that was for the dars. Yeah. Guaranteed to hear that. <clears> well, on the, this, on the to be fair, this kind game. of is for the dars, really. Well, it, it is, it is. So, Premier Passions is was first aired uh, between February and March 1998. So that makes it 22 years old now. Um, so, if Premier Passions was a human. It could have fathered children by now. That, yeah. That's the well, thing about it. Kind it. of has, really, in the Netflix documentary. I suppose it has, yeah. Wonder if it's proud. No. No, probably not. Yeah. But um at the well, time it was um it was groundbreaking. Um as it allowed unprecedented access to it to the, in the workings of, of what was a, a top flight football club. Um and it was it was a big deal at the time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean I was well. We were, we went to school together, didn't we, Richard? So 
Um, I remember at the time there was a lot of buzz about the fact there was going to be a lot of swearing in it. Um, that was like the main thing. It was like apparently it's vulgar and all mm. this kind of thing. Um, and that was like the main the main kind of buzz building up to it was going to be what Peter Reed's like in the dressing room. Um, and see, we we get a window into that pretty immediately, don't we? In the in the show, um, yeah. But, um, but I mean the it it was um it's weird it was, it, the novelty of that you know having that television show made about your team when you're at school. It's on like prime time BBC One. Um, it was weird, wasn't it? But uh, you know, yeah. in twenty years, there might be another documentary by somebody else about something that seems to be a, a thing to do. So. Yeah, just well, like about a, about the Phoenix yeah, Club that we're going to have to start every, yeah, every twenty like, years. Like eclipses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like Gareth and I were were fourteen, fifteen when this when this first hit hit the airwaves. Matt, you were you were rather much younger than that. How old were you when it came out? Yeah, I'll have been six. Um, Great. So, I can I can sort of vaguely remember it um, being on, like like my mum and dad watching it and that. But obviously, it wasn't until I was a lot older that I actually sort of appreciated. Well, watched it again properly and sort of understood it really. Uh, it was the first season I started going though that it covers, so it brings back some uh, early memories of terrible football. I mean, yeah. well. I mean, Pete, we if we got it down and passed it, you know, we're, we're as <laughs> beat, good as anybody. We beat anybody, yeah. Matthew. So you know, you're saying it was neg- bad football, yep. but well, you know. yeah, but we got relegated. So. Well, you know, it was, <laughs> spoiler alert: not, if anyone hasn't seen get, it, yeah, yeah, yeah ruined it now, Matt. We didn't get relegated on purpose, though, Matthew. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, maybe they did um, for the telly. It it was a very Sunderland relegation in the other other sense, obviously because we'll come on to it, obviously in the later episodes. But uh, in that, that you know, we were the first team to get forty points to be relegated from the Premier League. So yeah. I think only West yeah. Ham have got relegated on forty two. Yeah, um, I did, think yeah. they're the um, us, us and West Ham are the the teams that have obviously, and we've been relegated with fifteen points as well and nineteen <laughs> points, setting records. So so you add um, them two up. And we actually got more points yeah. in that season than two of our other efforts combined and still yeah, got yeah. relegated. Yeah. Um, but well, I was, the, the music as well I mentioned for that, I think it's class. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I know what that is. The music is great. Did you buy? Did you buy this I, the CD? Yes, the and you yeah. know what? I might have it. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking there's a. My mum dropped a box of CDs around. Um, of like all CD singles and stuff. I reckon it's in there. It's probably in there with oh, the, um, yes. the um, James I'd, Brown. I'd, oh the, yeah, uh, yeah. I bet you that you know that CD they brought out. I know it's like digressing slightly, but with the the following season they brought a CD out and it had like. Um, Commentary on yeah. it, like a really terrible version of um, 
I feel good after it scored, like because he obviously didn't have the rights for the actual song, um, so they had like a Muzak version, and it was absolutely John, horrific. John Brown. Um, <laughs> Did it also have that Maverick song on as well? Oh, I can't dance, remember. Dance the night away, instead of like, instead of uh, Sunday morning light, it was Stadium of Light. Yes, you know, it might have. Yeah, yeah, maybe, but it had. Um, I can't remember what it had on. It had Dance the Night on it, and that didn't it? Yeah, Coffee and um, Ray Go by Republica. But the other CD was the. You know, did you do you know who did it? Have you written this down? Have you have you researched this and written no. it down? That's no, I did. I did a I did a brief Google on it and I couldn't find any info out on it. So uh, we'll do it for the next it. episode. It's it's a local okay. choir. I'm sure it's a local choir who who put it together. But it's really the atmosphere. I think it's like really atmospheric and like really perfectly used in the. I mean, it's the same kind of refrain and stuff all the time, but but yeah. the way it highlights the moments in the show, I think it's great. It's good. Um, it should be the run-out music. Good. Well, in the world of music, that year, the the show aired just after Dan Burt Norbagan of Chumbawamba poured a bucket of ice water over Deputy Prime Minister John Prescott at the <laughs> Great Awards, which was, which was seismic at the time, because, one, politicians didn't really attend these kind of things, and... Well, two people didn't throw champagne buckets full of uh, water over people, but it was, it was we, li- we kind of like John Prescott, though, don't we, as a nation? I mean, he seems like a not like a nice man. He's well, he's less bad, isn't he? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how we're didn't he get an egg? Didn't now. he get an egg thrown at him as well? Yeah, he punched. Yeah, he did, yeah. punched the By person someone did it. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like then three, this is in the 2001 yeah. election. It was yeah. in Wales. Andy, Andy's in Gavin Stacey. Yeah, so, you know, you know, he's, a, he's a yeah. yeah. He goes to the wedding. Goes to the wedding. Did not know that. So there you also go. that year, also that year, Liam Gallagher is charged with assault in Australia for allegedly breaking a fan's nose oh, in Brisbane. Um, also, in the same like the same week, he's banned from Hong Kong-based Cathay, Cathay Pacific after he allegedly abused passengers and a crew on a flight between the UK and Australia. So great, great trip down under for for Liam Gallagher. Oh. And finally, in the world of music that year, Mark Morrison is arrested and sentenced to jail for paying a lookalike to perform his court-appointed community service while he went on tour. Yeah. So, that the all exit, happened. The, the exit of the Mac, yeah. rather than the well, return of. Good. Yeah. They had a very checkered career after that. So, does anybody want to know, or does anybody know, in fact, what was number one on 24th of February when the first episode of Premier Passions hit BBC One? 1996. 1998. 1998. Um, Country House by Blur. Um, I think you're about a year out with that, you know. I don't know. I've got no no idea. No, Madonna. (laughs) Just Madonna. Very very close. Very close with that. It was uh, was Corner Shop with Brimful of Usher. Number ones during the run of the show included Madonna's Frozen. Mm-hmm. 
Bastards from the Ray of Light album. Which is um, the best song of all time. Ray of Light. Ray of Light, yeah. It kicked off Madonna's second Imperial phase, um, which included Ray of Light and then the music album and then all of the stuff that she did afterwards. But yeah, Frozen, number one, a week after Brimful of Asher. And then Celine Dion went back to number one with My Heart Will Go On. Oh, and no. then, for the rest... For the rest of the, pretty much for the rest of the year, Run DMC versus Jason Nevins with It's Like That. And it goes a little something like this. So shall we I've talk about the show now? Away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just putting it. I'm just putting historical context. No, it's all right. It's all right. It's fine. Yeah, I'm not having a go. Do you know what? Do you know what was uh, top of the box office charts throughout throughout the run of this show? 1998. No. Was it this? No, not the cinema. Um, Austin Powers. No. Nope. I've know. already I... mentioned. I've already mentioned one of the songs from the original soundtrack. I don't know anything about Ray films. of Light. Titanic. Oh, Titanic, of course. Uh, Titanic. There you go. Don't there spoil the ending of that because I haven't seen it. So, yeah, well, yeah, don't don't expect it to be all fun and capers at the end, like. It's rubbish, don't um, bother. It's, it's, it's about it's about well. a lasso, like, it's three hours of a lasso, like, about I can't, I can't do three hours. dies at the end. Well, Stupid. It's, it, happens in, it happens in real time, so they go, uh, we expect... The think the ship to sink inside two hours, and you think, Christ, it's actually going to happen yeah. in two hours. Well, I can't Sorry. watch a film Sorry. that's yeah. longer than ninety minutes. Yeah. So, watch it. Watch half. I will. Then, <laughs> then pack it in. Yeah. Just watch it until it crashes, and go, ah, yeah, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> so anyway, premiere passions. Um, a little, a little Pre- fun premiere fact. passions. Premiere it, passions. Yeah, yes. Premiere. We'll come, if you're Gene we'll Key. It was um, it was produced by a guy called Stephen Lambert, who, uh, through intensive googling, found out he went on to produce "Faking It," "Wife Swap," "Secret Millionaire," "Undercover Boss," "Undercover <laughs> Boss," and uh, don't know, <laughs> "Undercover Boss," and most famously, "Gogglebox." Oh, oh, there you go. That's all him. Stars, you mean so to go on? Well, yeah. So it was. And it wasn't produced by a production company for the BBC. It was produced by the BBC for the BBC. So it was, it was a big deal. Um, and it, again, talking about historical context, throughout the kind of early part of that that decade, um, although we did stop start the decade in the top flight, um, the the picture wasn't wasn't entirely bright on Weir side, especially when you when you put it in in comparison to to what was happening at Newcastle. Um, so I think for me personally it, it felt like it was part of the like the rebirth of the club um along with the new stadium along with what Peter Reid went on to achieve um it did feel like something big and I think it it was a big deal at the time it, it was so yeah it was a big deal so yeah speaking of the premier league Gina McKee she was the uh, the narrator because uh, unlike Sunderland till I die this had a, a narrator um and she was she kind of took a little bit of a tongue in cheek approach to things, didn't she? It was it wasn't exactly like then this happened, then that happened. She was she was kind of like very much part of us because she's a Sunderland fan as well, apparently. 
yeah. famous actress as well. Very in many yeah. of the good films by Richard Curtis. Yeah, um, amongst other things. During the Bodyguard as well, not the film, but the the TV show. This is just a list of films that I won't have seen. Yeah, yeah. yeah is it not? That. Yeah, she wasn't in the football factory. No, I know I've seen that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it the 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 you know the first show picks up from December, um, so it's a good chunk of the season already gone. The um, best bit. Yeah, didn't we well, do we quite well right. at the beginning yeah. of the season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Start yeah. the season, all right. Yeah, so obviously we had that. Uh, we had the first game was away, away. Was it away at Chelsea or home at Chelsea? First game. Sorry, what's this? Sorry. The first On game the... of the, that season. Um, no, it was Leicester at home as the first game was of that it? season. Uh, then we played Forest. Forest away. And we drew nil. Yeah, we drew did. the first three games of that season. We drew nil nil at home at Leicester, and then we beat Forest in the week. We were like 4 0 up at half time. And <laughs> then we went to Liverpool and got a draw at Anfield, drew 0 0. That was the start of the season. It's not bad, really. Not bad at all. So, the, um, start, of, the start of the show, we were 12th. No, we were 11th. No, hang on. 14th. We were 14th. When <laughs> yeah, we're right, dropping, do you want to just pick a number? Dropping, yeah. We're 14th yeah. when the episode starts. We're 8th. Um, yes, great. Imagine. <laughs> So yeah, we're fourteenth, so kind of flirting with relegation, but um, but yeah, we're introduced to a few of the characters in the in the opening opening minutes of the show. What what do you what do you think the 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 kind of the Sunderland fans the the plants that are, that that we speak to throughout the throughout the series? What are your views on them? Because I've got I mine. Like, I just want to find out. Yours. I like all of them, me apart yeah. from not. Well, go on then, Matthew. You no, go. I'd find the the. Uh, the butcher, quite annoying. Are you a butcher? Yeah, the, you... but, the butcher, the pie man. The pie, well. The pie man, yeah. Well, whatever he is. Gets, well, well, because... I don't mind him, I don't like dislike the... him, but like, find him a bit... He well, looks like Paul Whitehouse in a fast show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <no. laughs> yeah. It does look like he's playing a character. Yeah, <laughs> it was the 90s, I mean. <laughs> that's why, that's why. <laughs> Joe, yeah, the, uh, go, on. go on, Richard. No, 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 go, no on. go on. I'm just going to start talking about how the characters aren't really. I don't know. I don't have to say a lot other than Tommy Porter, who I who I really like. Yeah, yeah, um, he's good. The other he's say a lot without saying much. I don't. Do you know what it is? So that I think about all the people who are in it. Generally, it they are relatable and they they do convey the like tip of the iceberg what it's like to be a Sunderland fan so if you like talking about trying to give a broad a broad idea of what it's like to support Sunderland they, I think they sum it up quite nicely through the programme so if you're not a Sunderland fan and you're watching it I think they are like a really good representation of, of Sunderland mm-hmm. supporters and like they are likeable people the only one in, which is going to it is going to sound harsh because she's just a like a young lass but she Little bit precocious for me, the um, <laughs> the the, uh, the young lady. Um, yeah, I'm not threatened or anything. Um, it's just more <laughs> like but, I mean, we'll I mean we'll get onto it later. I mean, not for you, Clive. She's she's talking about like why we're floating the club on the stock exchange. I'm thinking, why are you worried about that? Like, yeah, you're, yeah, you're 14. 
Like, yeah. high chance she's older, that. older than us now, though. She's definitely older than Matt, but she could, she could well be older than you and I. Yeah, now. probably. So, but it's like you she know, might work in the city. And... Yeah, Chris Weatherspoon's like trying to find out who she is. She's like, what? She's like, shy idea woman is like, oh, asking questions about the stock exchange. Let's see. I wonder if she's on Tinder. <laughs> So no, sorry, he's a he's a happily engaged man. It's just okay. a joke. Sorry, Chris. Sorry, sorry, Nicola. No, I don't apologise to Chris. Yeah, yeah, don't apologise. Take us back. Yeah, yeah. Well, I say, but now I'm saying he's 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 on the prowl now. But anyway, funnily enough, the thing about Chris though is he looks like a 14 year old now. So that's the. does. That's the Benjamin Button. Yeah, really. Imagine how big he was when he was like 14, 15. Like yeah. sitting, wa- sitting watching. Like he's just had his bath in his little thimble of water, and now he's going downstairs <laughs> to watch Premier Passions. Sorry, Chris. But carry on, carry on. It's always yes, the people. Chris Passions. Yeah, yeah. Tommy Porter is. Tommy Porter. He's like. I, did you find it difficult to watch this back and not compare it to something until I die all the time? Yeah, well, I find that's what. I... Yeah, go on. No, sorry. I I, f- I found that they, they used the the characters in this, like the the fans, a lot better than they did certainly in the second series of Sun Until I Die. Um, mm-hmm. There's more like I don't know. There's more like point to them. Like, it doesn't seem like the second not the, not to go on to that, but the second series of of the new documentary it doesn't seem like half the time that there's any real need to bring them in, and they don't sort of focus on them for the right reasons. Whereas I think this. They're certainly more like emotive and um, more, like you were saying, Gareth, more conveying the emotions of of what it's like to be a Sunderland supporter. Um, especially for me, like obviously, I I wasn't old enough to sort of have opinions on it then, really, other than that I love Craig Russell. Um, but like, <laughs> it was quite interesting watching it back and seeing people's opinions of things at the time. Yeah. Like especially over like I know we'll cover it in later on in this episode and and more in episode two, but um, the the frustrations over signing a striker they seem to be, and I thought that was quite a modern thing to be kind of clamouring to spend money, but it seems to be that was quite that was quite the thing then. <laughs> well, like not Peter Reid, yeah, well, no, well, no. but they go like um, eight million pound is not a lot to set aside for players. Well, I mean, I wish we had. <laughs> I wish we had eight million pounds yeah. now. I mean, it seems like quite a lot considering like the the prices that you paid for for players then. And then we bought like Stefan Schwartz a few years later, and he was like a record signing. He was in four million quid, so it's it, it seemed like it actually wasn't a bad sum of money to have. Yeah, but I think it's just you know you're on you're going on the back. I mean, it's mentioned late in later, but you know you come there's other teams who are spending. Largest, larger sums of money, yeah, and thousands. yes, and we weren't. Well, uh, even though I think the the frustration was seeing the drive from the fact that we had the money there to spend, um, but we just like Peter Reid just was just like no, nah, not signing <laughs> anyone, just no, nah. <laughs> nah. He just he was like that all the way through. It's like, do you want to buy this player, Peter? Nah, nah. <laughs> um, but he was just like no. Um, but the great, like when 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 they announced that Peter Reed's forty one, I was like, oh wow, that's just <laughs> sensational. So, um, 
Jack Ross is now 43. So, like, you compare <laughs> the, the ages of them, like, and, and, and their appearance and their, like, their, their dress sense. I know it's a different era, but um, I think Jack Ross is aged better than yes. Peter Reed. And also, yeah, I mean, definitely. you look at it, oh, when, yeah. he signed, when he joined Sunderland, he must have been about, he could have been 39 when he took the Sunderland job, depending on when his birthday is. Well, yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I mean, that's... Maradona really did take it out of him, didn't he? Well, he'd, and he'd only it's, just stopped being a player as well, hadn't he? Because he was yeah, player manager yeah. at City, then, yeah. then, then when full-time I, manager, then when... When he came to us, he was well. He I think he retired, went back, but he wasn't long retired, was he? He went back to playing from being a player manager. So he was. At, Did he? I think he was at Man City player manager. No, I was Southampton. He played for Southampton, oh, and then he retired, and then we then he took the. We got him at Sunderland. I've always um, I've always wanted us to have a player manager. I just think it's funny. I don't know um, why. We did. We did. Terry Butcher. Just, yeah, but I can't then, remember that. Yeah, but like, I mean, I want someone it, funny, like, I don't know, like Maguire. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just don't, you don't yeah. get, you don't get player managers now. It's like no. white dog shit and porn in bushes. Yeah, you just don't yeah. see that. You don't see it. Yeah. Remember when Attilio Lombardo was player manager of Crystal Palace? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was great. Bald. Yeah, Baldman. Um, Bring them back. Yeah. Bring player managers back. <laughs> yeah. Bring Italio Lombardo back. Bring um, him, yeah. As a player, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're we about... again, aren't we? Yeah, but it got like, seeing it like it pretty much opens once it's got the kind of the fluff out of the way. I mean, and they're talking about, you know, the talking about the game and the game kicks off and the, the, um, <laughs> The first goal that we kind of see is just oh, brilliant. It's hilarious. Well, it's incredible. Many, I mean, I know again, how many goals are we conceding from our own goal kicks? <laughs> or own well, kick outs? Lionel Perez. And every goal comes from our own goal kick or kick out. Seems to make a lot it's of... It's absolutely bizarre. Yeah. At this point, I've written Lionel Perez shit. Yeah. <laughs> Le Clown. I, I, completely. He's like, like a French like a French comedy foil. That um, kind of everything he touches turns to turns Skittles. to shit or or mad as as he would call yeah. it, but like just he like always seemed to like throw himself like not in the yeah. right way. He'd always go to save with his legs, which used to uh, infuriate me. But he just he, he's got a bit of the camp about him, Lee Camp. Yeah, I kind of yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, does, I loved yeah, him yeah. though. I thought he was great. Yeah, yeah, me too. Because, like... I thought he was great. He, he is, like... You're right, he is, like, Lee Camp's French brother. Or French cousin. <laughs> Le, Le Camp. <laughs> Le, I don't know what French is for camp. 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 Yeah. Camp. <laughs> but anyway, he, he'll pop up throughout this because I've written it quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, line up Perez. Just, like, yeah. goals going, Perez again, question mark. But... I mean, the worst was to come with him in, in the playoff final. Yeah, uh, he had a great season out, a bit, after but... that. To be fair, but um, yeah, he did. Yeah. Like, I, like he was, he was good and hilarious. And that save against Sheffield United was incredible. Yeah. Great. Um, but that's the, then he went to the, the Mags, which gets, is hilarious. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. That, was, that was Raj. Um, 
so you got he, it's the bit, isn't it? This is the bit, the introduction, yeah. In the the half the halftime team talk, um, and the, obviously all the talk was about language, and like it's quite a te- mm-hmm. tepid start to the program in that respect. And then it gets into the, I mean, there's a <laughs> bit of language in the pre-match, but he's just absolutely stopping, isn't he? Like after the oh. after we're like two 0 down at half time. That's fucking shite, and it's not about fucking tactics and them being great players, it's about fucking arsehole, which they've got fucking more on the fucking day. So fucking get on with it. I'll tell you what, Dad, it's fucking men against fucking boys all over the fucking park. You're fucking weak as piss, they are. Fucking weak as piss. I've got a, um, a news article, which um, I believe went in the mirror at the time. This was like before the show aired, which is brilliant for the producers because it's before the show aired. Yeah. Um, head, headline is Blue Peter reads <laughs> oh, foul salvo, <laughs> reads foul salvo, sets F word record. So it was a record at the time. Um, <laughs> he used the F word forty times in the in the in the first show, um, including one astonishing changing room tirade where the Sunderland manager fires off nineteen expletives in just forty five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to respect the swearing, haven't you? Yeah. BBC uh, One. So, Just yeah, great. Like, apparently it, it out it outdid Graham Taylor, who'd had the previous <laughs> had the previous record if, if you can wow. call it that. But it was the men but against the, men against boys, but it was like the the weakest piss. That's the, the weakest that's piss. The always a line that stays. What makes that as well that. is that you can't see him. Like he's in the other room. <laughs> yeah, he just stalled <laughs> off, doesn't he? In like this yeah. like it looks like the underneath of a ship rope park the inside. Yeah. It's just no, all man. wooden. It was. Yeah, there's the wooden wood the wooden wood panels paneling. like ran through the whole whole of that main stand. Um, well if you have been a Rangers, got... like we have Richard, it's all wood panelled in there and it's obviously an Archibald Leach design stadium in it, so yeah. maybe that was his yeah. thing as well, the wood panelling. Never been at Everton, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I have, it's well, I've only been in the away end at Everton. Yeah, the away, the worst away end in the country. Um, but also uh, another thing about yeah, another thing about that's Loftus Road. Yeah, uh, Roker Park's terrible tunnel. It, yeah, I, I know how bad it was. It's like a knockoff from a conservatory shop. Um, yeah, it's like just like UPVC windows stuck together. Um, and <laughs> it just looked. I I know I know the the ground was was in disrepair by the time I moved out of it, but. They really had kind of let it go to to rack and ruin, hadn't they? Well, it was a hundred years old, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I remember going um, to that that season, sitting in the main stand. Um, but I can't like I don't have sort of any recollections of sort of the the condition it was in. I just remember thinking it was great because <laughs> I was at the match, knocking yeah. people out, knocking other six year olds out. <laughs> <laughs> There was something magic about about Roker Park, wasn't it? I know people say, kind of, it gets better as 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 years go on, doesn't it? But though it, my first match was a midweek game, and I remember the green, just seeing the the, the, yeah, the flash yeah. of the floodlights and the, how green that pitch was. Um, it had heart and soul, and there was something magic about about that. Continuously, you know, slagged off throughout that decade, but it was something yeah. special about. It. And that comes across in the documentary, which makes it makes it all the better yeah. for me. Is that those those Roker Park nights, um, you know the Chelsea game later on in that season, the you know the Kevin Ball diving header, 
but you know, all all kind of happy memories. But it's like the, a few of the aerial shots as well. Like obviously, I live along the street, and oh, like yeah, you of sort of like forget or like don't recall or don't realize how close it was to the houses. Like it's mental. Like when yeah, you, yeah. it's literally just stuck in amongst the houses. You think now you you walk past, you think, how do you get a football ground in there? Like it's crazy. Yeah. Like it's it's mad, and it's the aerial shots are great. Well, what you can make out of them because I was watching it on the telly, and it was very pixelated. But you can yeah. sort of, you can you know it must have been. I don't know. It is. It's something you don't really get anymore. Like amongst in any way you do in League One, but sort of certainly Premier League grounds the. There's only really Everton like that now, Liverpool. Mm. Yeah. So that first game um, in December, the we lost, we lost that three-one. I love the, uh, you know, the, the now popular narrator meme of narrator. Yeah. Oh yeah. That that is this is it. Just it's just silence. Then we <laughs> lost three-one. Sunderland went on to the game. Went on to lose the game. Three-one. <laughs> yeah. A lovely goal by Holdsworth at the end, man. A little, little was, curled shot into the top corner. Um, yeah. But uh, sorry, Richard, carry on. No, no, it's just well, I was just moving on from the match. Just... Yeah, yeah, move, move, move onwardly. <laughs> so we get to meet a few of the players at this point. Um, Kevin Ball wearing a gum shield while on an exercise bike. Yeah, kind of tells you everything you need to know about Kevin Ball at that point, doesn't it? Well, I think that's because he had a broken jaw, though. Did he? I yeah, never knew yeah. that. So he had oh, his right. jaw wired shut for a lot of that season. Oh. So that'd be why the gum shield. It wasn't a gum shield. Right. It was a, a Brit. It was a, um, like a what do you call it? Retainer. Right. Oh, that that so I feel go. bad now. Sorry, yeah. Gordy. He <laughs> <laughs> won't be now. listening. It's fine. He won't be listening. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's why. So making an appearance, uh, Kevin Ball's one of. One of a few, or one of a handful of of players and staff to have uh, made an appearance in both um, Premier Passions and Sunderland Till I Die. Tony Coton, another one. Well, um, yeah. Well, <laughs> an appearance. the The funny thing about that is is that they're going through his X rays, which is horrific. Um, from his, from where he's broken his leg in five places, and then he's going like, um, "Oh, I thought you said I'd be back in a month," to the to the doctor. For the rest of the first two episodes, he's on crutches and he's not in a good way. What? Like, yeah, it might optimistic. be a continuity problem, but he's not going to be going back to goalkeeping, is he? Well, he never played again, did he? Never played not again. For no. us. No. Did he not play at all? Did he not? Don't think he no. did. No. I think he, he signed United as a coach. I was doing a little bit of research into Tony Coton, and uh, I think he signed for Torquay. He must have registered himself as a player while he was either managing or coaching there uh, in two thousand and four. So he'll have been right. thousands then, really. Yeah, yeah. Because he he was, he, was up, he was at the end of his career when well, literally was at the end of his career when he was at Sunderland. But like, yeah. he was quite old. I mean, how do yeah. you break your leg in five places though? It was it was impressive. I don't I don't remember it being that. I mean, I wasn't. I remember I remember it being. I didn't realize it was all below the knee. Um, right. That you not which is probably a less pain. Well, not less painful. That's the wrong word, but. I th- like breaking your femur or something would be like when you sit when but breaking your leg below the knee in five places on a football pitch is quite an effort. Yeah, um, I mean above above the knee is pretty bad because um, it's the biggest bone in your body. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
but yeah, still still pretty pretty shitty. Yeah. Um, speaking of past the best, we're we're introduced to uh, incredible that. Yeah, Niall Quinn. Even <laughs> written off. Just amazing. <laughs> it's like I was doing it in it. Yeah. Like, but obviously it was like it was our record signing, one point three million, yeah. one point three million pounds, and it was it, it was a big deal. I remember when when Quinn signed, and I was I was delighted about it myself. And he's passed his best, best his best, yeah, written off. Played for us for five years. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, arguably the the one of the best periods, if not the best period of his entire career. Yeah, with Sunderland. Yeah. I mean, as much as, much as there's foreshadowing. And there's lots of stuff that's been proved to be completely right. There's lots of stuff that's been proved to be completely wrong as well. But a lot of Peter Reed's judgment throughout this has been it, it kind of it kind of holds up. Um, I know what Reed what Reed did towards the end of his tenure at, at Sunderland let him down a bit. Um, you know, he, he's reluctant to spend money then, but he went out yeah. and spent well, yeah went the most went, money yeah yeah, yeah. went too far the other way didn't he yeah so. But most of the stuff he comes out with throughout this, this series, I think, he's got a point, hasn't he? Kind of, he, I, I do miss him. That's, I feel like pure shit, and I want him back. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, just but, wait, we need a new manager, and it'll be doing the rounds again, Richard. Don't worry. Yeah, we should bring back. Peter Reid back because that's what we need. Yeah. With Darren Holloway's assistant, bring him home. Mm. So um, the the stadium's been built. Um, so you see lots of kind of interesting stuff, the steelwork going up. Um, it did kind of fly up, didn't it? I know, I know. Probably Matt, you won't remember that well, but me, me and Gareth, as, as frequent visitors to the to the yeah. city, would re- would remember how quickly it kind of shot up as a matter of kind of months that the, the, yeah. the kind of skeleton of the ground popped up. It was yeah, and it was like you know, there's lots of obviously shots of people standing outside watching it and like. The city without a cathedral, but the stadium alight is that was a our great cathedral, line, yeah. And you know what? Yeah. The, what's great about the show as well? They managed to like pay homage to the history of the city without it being like cloying and sickly, or wet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know that's it's like really nicely done in this bit. Um, but yeah, watching the ground actually being built. That period and the excitement um, around it, you know, and obviously there's a big chunk of the show here which is all really about, um, you know, that the tries, you know, Murray and Ficklin trying to move Sunderland into the modern sort of the, into modern football, like away yeah. from where we'd been and, and moving into that that Premier League era and yeah. really like I know obviously and it's easy to look back in hindsight and yesterday it gets rightly were criticised for a lot of the stuff they did later but they put the foundations in quite literally in the case of Stadium of Light for yeah. for Sunderland to, to come into you know come into the you know to, to modernise a football club and yeah it's funny though because the guy in the, the pie shop man's like just sounds like any Sunderland supporter would like at the time like kind of Said, so, oh, you know, he's like Bob Murray's not interested in in Sunderland. He's only interested in like making himself. money out of the club, yeah. which is like now when you're talking about before, it should like you know, in you know a bit of 
hindsight, it's like, well, you know, the fact that he runs a charity which is literally has a building on the doorstep of the Stadium of Light um, kind of goes to show that that's not really, yeah. that's not really true. So I like I listened to that and I thought, well, what? Like, what are you on about? Like, he clearly does. Like, that's clearly not true. Like, was that was that a, a feeling then that it sort of like resonated with a lot of fans at the time that Bob Murray didn't actually care about Sunderland because he, he clearly did. I think there was um, uh, certainly towards it, towards the end of his tenure, it was very much. Very much unpopular. I remember, so I remember the end. Sort of, obviously, that was yeah. when I was a lot older. But just sort of at that time, when obviously we're building the stadium. I mean, what you know, like it was. I don't know. Was there a feeling then that he didn't yeah. care? I think there was. I mean, I don't know whether I'm rewriting history here, but I mean, when the stadium was 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 revealed, it would have been the biggest new stadium of its time. Um, yeah. And it was it was it was instantly going to be the second biggest in the league, um, and it was it, it. I know the jokes went around about being white elephant, and there was probably quite a bit of trepidation from from even Sunderland fans that might not be, it might not be full, and it might be a bit of a waste of money, and yeah. maybe we should have stayed at Roker Park. Um, I mean, I'm of the generation that that kind of actively embraced moving to a new stadium and and, and all that success that it would would bring. Um, so I've seen. I saw what it did for Middlesbrough two years before. So I yeah. thought, well, you know, we could be the same. Um, but I, I remember, I remember there being a bit of kind of Yadar resistance yeah. to, to the new stadium, and, and and it being a bit of a vanity project for for Bob Murray. And I remember like Murray and Ficklin not coming out of the documentary too well at the time. Yeah, it's okay. weird though because you look when watching it back now, it's to know what the tra- that you can see what they're trying to do and what they want to do. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I yeah. think at the time when you were saying there, Matthew, about Murray, is like, I don't remember there being a lot of animosity generally towards Bob Murray at that time. Mm-hmm. Like Richard says, it was towards the end. Um, yeah. More than than at, than at this point, because, I mean, obviously we had the, the pressure of wanting to be in the Premier League, but at the same time, and it was more like, oh, if we get relegated, we're going to be in the second division with this massive stadium. Of course, um, we were going to get relegated, though. Like that, that, that like, that's just us, isn't it? Like, yeah, and we could have. That, that felt like the the way it was pictured. And I remember feeling at the time that the kind of relegation to, to Division One would have been a, a, a disaster, and the ground would have had like ten thousand people in it, and it would have looked terrible. Um, obviously, it wasn't. Um, but but yeah, the, the, there was a fear that. That it would be just too big for us and would be like kind of rattling around in it. Yeah, I think. Um, but what Murray, what Murray said was during the kind of the the montage of the of the the, the ground being built, he said uh, success at this club in the next ten years will be better than anyone have seen in forty years. Um, he's, he was right, wasn't he? You know, uh, yeah, hadn't finished yeah. in the top half of the that division for in the top division for for years, and they managed it twice in a yeah. row. You know, within. Within two years of the grand opening, yeah. so uh, you know, no, he's right, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, um, I mean, also just... another thing that happened Sorry. at the time was uh, the club being floated on the uh, yeah. on the stock exchange, much to the, the chagrin of the, the schoolgirl fan. Um, but that was that was the fashion, wasn't it? That was what other clubs were doing. It was, mm. it, was it was it was kind of a rite of passage for nineteen nineties football club, wasn't it? A very strange um, 
aspect of the fact that Pete Reed's got three million pounds worth of yeah. shares in the <laughs> yes. football club, though. Yeah. It's like, I'm not really sure how that's a slight conflict of interest. Yeah. Maybe that's why he didn't want to spend the money. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, that that's the weird narrative. Like, the narrative all through the first few episodes is we need to buy a striker, we need to buy a striker. And the reluctance that is repeatedly, you know, displayed by Reed to not, I'm not going to bring some anybody to this football club who isn't, isn't the right, the right person or whatever. So it's, you know, I mean, you can't, I mean, yeah, we got relegated that year, but you, what he got out of that group of players to get 40 points at that level. Yeah. Um, and when you look at some of the teams we played, um, I mean, obviously the next game I think that's covered off is Arsenal was a great Yadar moment where <laughs> the guy's fuming about there's no individual skill. It's like we're playing like Dennis Bergkamp plays for Arsenal, <laughs> mate. He's like one of the one of the yeah. greatest players of all time. So what do you mean? There's no individual skill in the game. But later in the episode, they say anyone that working downstairs in the main stand doesn't see a second of the game anyway. So how, yeah. how, how would he know? How would he know? Play? Yeah. I know, yeah. Uh, I that was, was quite funny. Yeah, but um, but yeah, before before the Arsenal game, talked to Tommy Tommy Porter for a bit. It got me thinking about what happened to Tommy Porter. Um, I'll throw it forward a bit, but uh, but he uh, he he stayed on at the stadium. Alight, I didn't realize that. I thought he left after Roker. Um, really, but he stayed on at the stadium. Alight and left after the Stockport game, where there was uh, a frozen pitch. Oh, oh I remember really? that. Yeah, despite that... Us, despite us having under under soil heating, we forgot um, to turn it on. Didn't have a, when he didn't have a boiler room key, the headgroundsman didn't have a room, have a key for the boiler room. That game really annoyed so. me because we didn't use an orange ball. Yes, <laughs> like they used the yellow ball as if to say, "Oh, you'd be able to see it anyway." Because it's yet no, you couldn't. You couldn't see it. It's stu- it was stupid. No, you couldn't see the ball. I remember, I remember being remember really that. annoyed about it. At We're the never going to get it right, are we? No, can't even use the right ball. Just, just every every juncture would get get it wrong. Like that was the season we got 105 yeah. points and we still Line managed to do that. Fight. Well, yeah. Yeah. Le ball. So going back to the Arsenal game, um, there's, there's, I love the half-time team talk from Reed in that game. Um, it's, it's just like, if I was a player, I would have absolutely loved what was happening because I was, I, you know, Russ, uh, Craig Russell and uh, Michael Bridges were the two strikers that were getting getting the dressing down but it was in a constructive way yeah um so it, you know as much as the the tabloids probably complained about how much there was swearing it was all constructively delivered uh, yeah. uh, right. it, it, it 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 got result it got a result in the end because it was a good win it was the sort of team talk well, that great when it gets like run through brick walls for peter reed wouldn't you yeah right. yeah definitely and the pair, the pair of them together, like you can see how well they work together, like him and Saxton. Yeah, yeah, they like, the dovetail into each other. Yeah, like, yeah like really good deck. dynamic. Yeah, yeah. So you get a little bit more after the after the match footage. You get a little bit more kind of uh, a glimpse into the new stadium. People buying season tickets for for the new season. Um, yeah, and there's an interesting bit at this point. They get a screenshot of. Uh, of somebody's home address. Oh, great. <laughs> so, oh, well, I paused no. it. I paused it. I looked at the address and I rec- recognised it. Um, 
uh, it turns out it's a friend of ours. It's a friend of ours who uh, whose parents' address got broadcast on BBC One, Fantastic. so they got free season tickets for a couple of seasons afterwards. Oh, great! Because of the because of the four par, which is not which is not on Sunderland at this point. It's probably on the BBC for not pixelating it or whatever. Um, but again, can't do anything right. Yeah, they're very strong. Um, what did I say, Roy? Vibes. Um, if you're yes. a fast show fan from this uh, <laughs> this couple, um, yeah. he looks like quite young, and she looks like really old. There's like a really weird <laughs> like, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just like, but it was just like that. What did I say, Roy? From the fast show, that's what it reminded <laughs> us when they were interacting. Every time he tried to chip in, she was just like. <laughs> I'm talking, but yeah, she gets like, seen off by her own daughter. Yeah. At the end, where she says, yeah, yeah. yeah. But don't, the moral of the story is don't future, buy a pe- don't buy a pen, <laughs> um, which is great. Um, great. So at uh, this point, um, we see what it would be uh, a mainstay of the Peter Reid era, which is head tennis on the training yes. ground, which he had. He had. Special te- head tennis courts marked out on the training ground at the uh, the, the Charlie Hurley Centre, didn't he? Um, and we we start to get a little glimpse into um, the the frustration in trying to sign a new player. Uh, obviously, Niall Quinn's our joint top goal goal scorer, and he's like broken in half. So we have to dip our feet into the transfer market, and we look at a, a young player. 25 years old, through the middle striker, uh, Ronan Horazzi. Shall we talk about him when we come back? Because we'll have to put a break in here. Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to put a break in, yeah. So, speaking of breaks, Ronan Horazzi coming right up. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Darren Williams, and you're listening to the Wise Men Say Podcast. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say Podcast and our deep dive into Premier Passions. Uh, we're brought to Brought to you in association with From the Terraces, the uh, clothes sportswear brand. And sportswear? I know. I was. Just, it's not sportswear. It's sports inspired. Casual, casual, casual terrace wear yeah. for the modern man and woman um, who enjoy wearing lovely clothes at the match. I would be delighted with can, this. Yeah, so you mm. can display your uh, colours discreetly while looking stylish at the same time. Um, exactly. And that, that is From the Terraces. Yeah, and so. but the back in business, the back in full operation. Um, and they've got a new a new garment to add to their collection, which is a cargo short. Um, mm-hmm. 
which Gareth said in the last pod, you could go running with it. I don't agree. Mm. I disagree. I agree that he could. Yeah. So I told you. I, thought, I said some runners may disagree. So it's like, well, the two runners here, and both of them just because that's one hundred percent of runners disagree. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't yeah. know. Maybe you're just so. soft. You could run in them. I mean, if you're being chased. You <laughs> yeah, if you're being chased. <laughs> you're being chased match. by a. If you're being chased by a blind man doing his car check, um, <laughs> then you could run in oh, the car. No. Shorts. <laughs> yeah. 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 So they are resistant. They are resistant to um, sort of car wielding maniacs during the coronavirus uh, pandemic. So you know, that's be good. fine if you wear them. They will yeah, be good, in though. good nick should you get hit by a car. Yeah, because it's a, it'll be a, essentially a combat situation. So it's essentially <laughs> very good. You know, living living up to the living up to the name. Yeah, absolutely. So as well as as well as. Uh, Blind drivers avoiding garments. They also do loads of t-shirts, and they do them in. You don't have to have a Sunderland one, though. I guess there won't be any Leeds United fans listening to this podcast. There's all sorts of different today, ones you can have, but they do all the different colours. Um, and we can offer uh, an exclusive ten percent discount if you use the discount code WMS ten at the uh, at the order checkout. So yeah. have once you've finished listening to this um, and googling um, old pictures of Tony Corton, um, <laughs> hop on. <laughs> To from the terrorists' website and uh, get yourself involved. <laughs> See, that was a laughing. great plug. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm reading down my notes a bit so later in this. I, I'll be <laughs> just that just genuinely made me laugh a lot when I watched it. So yeah, if you were I've bored the by the first s- half, it's going to get better in the second. So. Because because this is threatening to kind of be a bit of a behemoth of a, of a podcast I've, I've yeah. had to kind of skip over a lot of the stuff that I'd written down which is a bit yeah. of a shame really um, like I, I want to go back to it but Bob Murray at the start of the press conference for the uh, for the flotation he just says welcome to the press constants yeah, <laughs> really, yeah he does yeah <laughs> really made us laugh yeah yeah so it gets written down yeah we really can't do anything can we <laughs> can, can we can we just point out that we nearly signed Paul Gascoigne. Yes. Oh god, I wish we had signed Paul. I Gascoigne. mean, and he was still quite good then. Um, he yeah. wouldn't have been if we'd signed him. Don't worry. About well, that. He, was he at Everton or was he at Middlesbrough then? I don't, I don't know. He was at Rangers at this point. Was it Rangers? So and then he did he go Rangers to Everton, Everton to Middlesbrough. No, no, he went Rangers to Middlesbrough and Middlesbrough to Everton. Did he? Right. Okay. Yeah. So at this point. Um, you know, this is, this is eighteen months away from not even that. It's 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 six months from um, Euro ninety six. Euro ninety six, yeah, yeah. So his his stock couldn't have been any higher. But he'd moved at this point from uh, moved from Lazio to Rangers the season before. So he moved in ninety five, um, and yeah, I think, I'm not sure how much he cost. But if they're talking about the four or five million mark probably would have been about right. Yeah, you would have um, thought it would have been in that ballpark, wouldn't you? I think yeah. it was four million. I'm sure it was four million quid. Yeah, he went to Rangers for because I watched the I watched the documentary on him the other day, um, Gascoigne, and uh, it was it was good. Actually, it's good that if anyone wants to watch a program about Gaza. Well, I started watching it, but then I fell asleep, so I'm gonna have to oh, pick it up again. But yeah, well, it mentions the Gaza rap, which is of course the. One of the greatest pieces of, of music songs. Yeah. Come on, yeah. Come um, on. But yeah, 
obviously the I remember like the Harati thing when it happened because we were desperate for this we were desperate for this striker as is highlighted like every 10 minutes in the <laughs> program um, yeah. by anybody um, even the narrator just like sign someone like Gina McKee's human <laughs> sign a striker man That's, she might as well just say that um, but it, I mean it He's basically clinically dead, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. I mean, I don't think any medical could have gone any worse than yeah. what happened yeah. on that day. <laughs> I mean, it's like um, I, I compared it to yeah. uh, Homer Simpson's credit check on The Simpsons, where <laughs> <laughs> the machine just explodes. <laughs> like within seconds of the MRI coming out, that's a potential problem. <laughs> Or, the, or where he goes into the um, the nuclear meltdown simulator and does so badly that it actually causes a nuclear meltdown. <laughs> There's an 18 inch nail in his femur. That's for that's that's for starters. I love the I love the way that like well we haven't covered um your, what do you call it I mean some lovely journal shirting from um, <laughs> your man. Yeah. Through that's... the middle striker. Uh, Rezies, all the cliches are coming out, which is great. Um, yeah, I believe that's John Gibson of the, of yeah. the journal. Yeah, um, it's a journal he, shirt. Yeah, it's a hell of a journal he's, shirt. Yeah, it's doing that classic <laughs> thing of like using the vernacular that yeah. managers use in order to ingratiate himself <laughs> yeah. with the, the, the manager. Yeah. Like obviously Bracewell, well, Paul Bracewell. Yeah, so are you going to play him in the Rezies? Yeah. So hopeful, yeah. Through the middle yeah. striker, yeah. Through the middle striker. Well, yeah. I mean, what other kind of striker is there? And it's clear at this point that John Gibson does not understand how work permits work. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, so you're going to play in the resis? Well, he needs a work permit. To, he's gaffer off to sort that out, though. Yeah, yeah. Cost thousands, that wouldn't it? The work permit. Well. That money was safely in Peter Reed's bank account. Reed was yeah. probably Reed was probably delighted this fell through. It's like I'm not spending two hundred thousand pounds on a footballer. It's like yeah. no chance. I don't know how much. I don't know what the fit was. The fee half a million or something they were saying. It's I, half I a million, yeah. Was a half a mil. But yeah, it was, <sighs> it, it, but what was great about it is like, it's funny how like as a fan you look at it one way and then like you've got the basically like the. The club doctor's just like laughing, yeah. like and Bawley's like taking the piss out of him. You like, yeah. it's so weird. It's like such like a. Well, it's a catastrophe, it's just, isn't it? Really? It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. A complete yeah. yeah. I like the way, I like it when the the guy who's done the MRIs just like keeps on talking about how his his toes going to fall off like any minute. He's just like, yeah. well, he's got um, there's evidence there of a small fracture in his uh, metatarsal that's uh, never really healed um, and there's a lot of scarring around it that um, it could have been there for years it's like so his toe's going to fall off his legs in half his knees aren't there and it's like what what happened I love that he's flown over as well he's gone do you want to gamble like shall we gamble yeah let's gamble <laughs> The thing, the thing about the MRI scan is that it uses strong magnetic fields, <laughs> and if you've got any kind of metalwork in you, you don't go in an MRI machine. Really? He's got an eighteen-inch nail in his leg. Well, well there <laughs> you go. Through an MRI scan. Yeah. Do you think? 
That's on him, though. That though, really. They should have, he, should, he should have said that if he. You should have said something, shouldn't you? Did, did you not the, think the, to tell them? No. The fact they underplayed it by saying that's a potential problem. Um, <laughs> you think? Yeah. Then afterwards they say we've been advised to pull out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Bolly calls him Robocop in disguise, which is great. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Other than that, he's a fiddle. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we'd signed him. I know. I, I didn't know. actually Google what he'd what he'd gone on to do since. Um, uh, sold him as spares, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Button, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he'd gone on. He's he's actually in the. Um, he's he's one of the um, metal fixings that like keeps up a, the stadium <laughs> ceiling or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> he took he took the matter to FIFA. He took the matter to FIFA, demanding a six hundred thousand pounds payout from Sunderland, which no one Sunderland's. Uh, travails in eh? uh, the legal. How can you? Legal how can, what? Because he because he's made out of like metal. Yeah. Why was that our fault? The six hundred thousand pound man. We're not going to yeah. give him thousands just because like he's broke. Because <laughs> he's because yeah. I mean, he knew what he was doing. Like obviously, like now you've said that, Richard. It's obviously a massive grift. Yeah. Well, he moved from. Um, after, because he was at Beitar Jerusalem at that point, he moved. Oh, um, <laughs> he moved to Maccabi Haifa. The um, is that another? Yeah, yeah. They, uh, They've been in the Champions League. That's an Israeli. There is really another they're, Israeli they're, team. Well, yeah. he, he 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 struggled there because he couldn't acclimatize. But he struggled because he's got no legs. <laughs> couldn't acclimatize <laughs> because he was playing against people who weren't snapped in half. That's it. That was his problem. Yeah. Well, like all the other scored, players had had limbs and he didn't. He scored twenty three goals and fifty five appearances for the Israel national team, um, and went on after Sunderland. Uh, well, after after not Sunderland, he went on to um, went back to uh, Hapoel Tel Aviv and went on to score seventeen goals and twenty seven appearances. That's a good effort. How? So that's not bad. I just uh, think it's... Was, I love the idea of, like, how... It's just the way, like, he's like, yeah, we just decided to pull out a deal. He's like, a shame, because I thought he could do a job Thought he could do a job <laughs> for us. Yeah. It's like... Well, maybe, I'm, like, thinking, maybe, like, who's... Could do a job at the new you're stadium. Sc- you're scouting the Israeli, like, first division. Like, yeah. how... Like what? I like guess John Fitling goes out to say, "Oh well, there's not a lot out there. Maybe they've gone like lads. There's nothing. There's nothing in sort of like within three thousand mile radius here. We're going to have to like really start pushing the boat out and like scouting and like raj countries and that that yeah. you wouldn't Just expect. Fan out. Yeah, fan out. Yeah, I think there's a lad in Greenland who's uh, been playing <laughs> quite well. We could, could do a job for us. Or oh, there's this guy in uh, in Israel. Who might be quite good, um, and they were the options. I don't know. It's just weird, isn't it? It's just weird how we, like, especially again. I haven't the way that it looks like we're looking for players later, mm. um, which we'll obviously discuss in later episodes. I just find it really like how many times has Peter Reid watched Ronan Harazzi play <laughs> before he's decided yeah. he can do a job for us? But at the same time, he's like, I'm not going to sign. Anybody, unless I think they're the right fit for the football club, mm. and he's trying to sign someone who, who is just dead, <laughs> like it's just a man, a dead man from Israel. Like, what, yeah, what's happened there? Who could do a job? <laughs> do you do a job? 
through the middle striker. Um, yeah, great. That's that's great. That is a great line. That through the middle yeah. striker, as opposed to striker. right, <laughs> yeah, and right. wide, <laughs> what, what outside outside right or something, an underground striker. Mm. Yeah. So it goes wait, from wait, bad I mean, to worse. Under, I mean, he could have. He might as well have been underground. I mean, he was completely <laughs> worthless, wasn't he? It goes from bad to worse for the for the club at this point, um, because the much vaunted new football ground is delayed due to bad weather. Um, and John Ficklin and a character hitherto known as Fred. No, no more detail than that. Um, there's <laughs> a lack of captions, captions, so you don't actually know the name of a lot of people in the, in the show. But, yeah, but Fred, Fred is getting it from 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 Ficklin and on all on all barrels. Uh, they have a massive argument where they agree with each other. Um, <laughs> <laughs> making the same point to each other but being really forceful with it I really like John Ficklin yeah I, I, yeah. I like he's Fred. great isn't he I, li- I like I I the beef side. it was good it was like very amicable ag- amicable argument mm. which I quite enjoyed yeah. I think John Ficklin's point was basically like yeah it might have been snowing but like you could do something else like mm. you don't have to yeah. like have you'd like do something else yeah like um but he was blaming God, I think, Fred. Well, him upstairs. Bit of a, bit of a cop-out. Put him up there. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just, you know. back on the pitch, uh, Sunderland next game is away to Aston Villa. So it's the first away game of the series. Um, and we get to meet a few of the characters from the South Shields branch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Namely, Davy Flanagan, who uh, cannot refuse so- going to a football game. Whether that's some kind of illness, I guess it probably would be. Nice. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and he's had his ear beat, bitten off by a Newcastle fan as well. But but what did he say? That's life. That's life. That's, that's, right. life. Well, that's life. I suppose. <laughs> well, you <Yeah>. know. Yeah. <laughs> I've missed a bit out actually. Just before the the bus leaves, uh, I think it's from like Fawcett Street or from uh, Athenium Street. Looks a bit like. Yeah. Um, think... The Gina McKee says, "Gone forever are the days of Southend's Roots Hall." Mm. So talking about yeah, yeah. The, the trip into the big Hello. time and going to big club like yeah, Aston Villa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and I, and I, that, here we are with our season hinging on Southend's ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish wish Hall was gone forever. No, I love it. It's great. Oh, Southend. Yeah. It's your favourite way, yeah, isn't it? One of them, yeah. Southend's <laughs> fantastic. But the bet the, this was a genuine laugh out loud <laughs> just exchange between um Kevin Ball and, and Steve Agnew. Um The benches. I mean the benches arguing about who's gonna sit on the bench. Um and then they're like, Oh, let's go and have a like it must be so boring if you're not playing. Let's go and have a look at the bench and then Steve Agnew says, Oh, it's one of those standing up benches. I was like, Oh, it's gone. <laughs> Yeah, it's brilliant. It's one of those standy up benches. So I was mint. Yeah. But it is like that was like it was like a Harry and Paul sketch. That was. It was great. That's really good. So um Yeah. Uh, the the need for for more strikers is uh, underlined once again. <laughs> well it's every ten um, minutes in the show the, the yeah. Need, yeah. And Peter Reeves right. like, nah, nah, I'm not trying <laughs> anybody. Refuse. 
So at this point, we we, we lost at Villa, didn't we? That was another. Can I just point out weird things yeah, like Pete Reid sitting next to Bob Murray, like at the match. Yeah, which is like Raj in it really. I mean, imagine like you know <clears throat> the manager sitting next to the chairman now. Well, he's not there, so he couldn't. Well, yeah, um, <laughs> he'd probably like to give advice, um, mm, but no. it would be a bit weird, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's sort of. Well, managers used to do it, like managers used to do it. Not not so much sit next to the chairman, but certainly used to sit watch the first so, half from the Reed, stands. Reed yeah, always yeah. used to do it. Reed yeah, used it was to big do Reed it thing, wasn't it? The only um, put, like Jack Ross would do it occasionally. Um, um, McLaren does it a lot. Um, and yeah. Steve Clar- Steve Cotterell used to do it quite often. Yeah, all the greats. Yeah. I used to do it for my Sunday team. What's it at the top of the stand? <laughs> Just like. On a higher chair. <laughs> <laughs> That's what um, down off it. Chris Weatherspoon sits on a higher chair at the match. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Chris. Again, poor Chris. Don't care. So oh, by the sorry. end of this episode, Sunderland are in, uh, in 12th. Um, they're in fact in 11th throughout January. Um, and we miss out the, the Chelsea win. Um, is that when... Is that the season where where Ball scores that the header? That yeah, diving diving header. header. Yeah, that's a great goal. That that no, that's also you missed that out. I thought that was yeah, mid December. Yeah. That it was mid December. Yeah, it really? comes after the Wimbledon. Yeah. yeah, so you miss miss that out. You miss the Derby home win. Uh, you miss the Man United five 0 away defeat with the uh, so Cantona. Yeah. Perez just hilariously in no man's land again. Yeah, just kind of. Trotting out a couple of lines, realizing a couple of yards, realizing he's not going to close them down. Trotting back and then kind of like gallically resigning. I just really like just the way he just Gallic, he the throws scene. his arms in the air, like oh yeah. He's like, like a cat. He's like a cat, like leaping after something, isn't he? Hmm. Yeah. But uh, I mean, the, again, I'm sure the Villa goal is another example of the ball gets kicked out. <laughs> we lose the first ball. They flick the second ball on, and then someone just puts it in the corner from the edge of the box. It's like every goal we concede is basically that. We clear it, and then it comes back in three touches. It's in the net. That seems to be a big problem for that defence. Um, but obviously, the the sack, there's a, the first full Saxton. Yes. Oh. Yes. Which is yes. great. Big problem. Ningen. Big problem with these fuckers. Um, as he says, um, get up the rasses, <laughs> um, and obviously the minging, the minging, that mm. is minging. Um, but that is that is, you know, Saxon's great moment probably in the show is that is yeah. um, Aston Villa technical technical tort. Love that that's tactics as well. All right, this is what I think. Even like, but even Saxton makes like simple tactics sound like. A tirade of abuse. Like <laughs> the 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 game earlier on in the season, I think it was a Wimbledon game where he was talking about like kind of dropping into it was the Arsenal game, dropping into gaps and stuff, and he's moving the 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 the, the counters around on the on the on the big thingy, well they call it the flipboard, and um, <laughs> he's like just being really abusive about fucking go here, go here, drop in there, fucking go there. Yeah, yeah. It's just like yeah. oh, right, right, don't be angry. About That's it. scary, isn't it? Yeah, you can tell how they both. I know you've said it already, but how the, yeah. how they work together and like kind of dovetailed in, 
Um, it was, you know, you can see how the players looked up to the to those as a as a as a managerial pair. You can see how like when Quinn became manager in years to come, why why he brought back Bobby Saxton because he you know he credits him with with being kind of one of the foundations of of Sunderland's success all, in, in the mid to late nineties. All the players, um, you know, we've done stuff with from with wise men say couldn't speak highly enough of Bobby Saxton. Yeah, you know they, they love him, um, and you know. I was thinking watching this, you know, quite like Lee, how he's done the show, like Darren Williams, David Priest, Borley, um, Martin Scott. Quite a lot of that team have um, been on the uh, been on the pod. I was we should try and get we should try and get the dead striker. On. Yes, yeah. we should get Ronan Hamati and uh, and Bobby Saxton. Yeah, <laughs> together. We should try and get Bobby Saxton. We. Would enjoy we'll watching uh, Bobby Saxon try and record it via Zoom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we get get Harati yeah, on. He like turn out that is uh, turn out that he can't do it because his computer isn't actually a, a computer. It's like a a monitor that he found in a bin somewhere, like gaffer gaffer yeah. tape to a typewriter. Um, even though he said all along that he had it, uh, I thought it's a shame because I thought the you know that that device could do a job. For us, but unfortunately, you know, we've had to pull out of the podcast. Turns out it doesn't doesn't even yeah. have Google on it. <laughs> you know, it doesn't even have anything. It doesn't even have an internet. <laughs> There's no porn on it. <laughs> <laughs> but again, after that team talk, again the the search for the striker is brought up again. <clears throat> um, but it ends quite ominously, doesn't it? The episode with the comment. Yeah, it does. Yeah. No so one could have down. dreamt. No one could have dreamt what lay ahead. Yeah, because they left Villa mm. Park in high spirits because Davy Flanagan and his uh, his mates are, are are singing. Lovely all the time, and they are having, even though they got beat. Win or yeah. lose, we'll have some booze and all that kind of thing. I think that was the mentality, which is fine, you know. I think a little tidbit to, to remember from that is we're well, not to remember, but I found out through my uh, research the other day was that the director of the show and therefore kind of the guy that's that's doing all the interviewing throughout throughout the series he's a Newcastle fan oh really so oh, I hate it now when when they're kind of they're all singing anti-Newcastle songs I wonder if they'd know that he's a Newcastle fan because there's a lot of kind of pointing at the camera so I wonder if uh, right he's, like, he's like, in the edit he's in the edit getting like bodied by strangers yeah. <laughs> right but if he's from the northeast and he's like obviously got a northeast accent, they're gonna have asked him. They'll they'll have asked him, won't they? Yeah. yeah so oh yeah, cool. your allegiances. I mean, the, the program is fantastically put together. Like, I mean, it, it hasn't really it hasn't aged at all. Like, obviously, it's difficult to watch because it's a bit grainy and that. But if they if they like upscaled it and put they it should, out, again, they should have done it. To be honest, the BBC should have done it. Really, they should have. Well, like, watch, especially during this like lockdown period, like certainly March and April. They should have done it yeah. and put it on again. I'll put it I on. Don't it being, um, I don't remember it being re- like uh, re- repeated throughout throughout that time. Um, no. I remember not watching it and always wanting to watch it, but there was like there were bootlegs going around. It came. It came. Um, they did. They did put it out on VHS. To did buy. they? Right. Because yeah. there, there were bootlegs um, going around on Ready to Go for a while, where you could like send someone a blank and they'd CD, like copy it CDR all and they'd do it for you. Yeah. Like a boot a bootleg version of it, so it'd be like kind of a few uh, John Ficklin spoken word uh, rarities and 
couple of live live like live shows. <laughs> live. <laughs> Premier Passion's live. Yeah, a couple of B sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Behind the scenes, what is a standy up a standy up bench <laughs> yeah. with Steve Ag- Steve Agnews Steve Agnew sub benches. There's an idea for a television yeah. program. It's an excellent idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just Pitching. Steve Agnew traveling the country, just talking about. Re- Actually, no, this is it. I've got it. It's changing rooms, <laughs> right? <laughs> changing rooms, but it's Steve Agnew with dugouts. Yeah. And you could even call it changing rooms because there's a riff on there. Um, yeah. And he goes in and like looks at the benches, and decide- it's a bit like Yellow Homemade Perfect, that uh, program yeah. with a Northern Irish man who never gets his designs made. Um, <laughs> so, you, so you can like, so you can like you step into like a thing with Steve Agnew, and he's redesigned your like dugout and your changing rooms. Yeah, Lawrence Wellington. Yeah. Handy Andy's well, built no. a, a oh, shelf yeah. with yeah. teapots. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, all, all of the trophies. All the trophies. My, um, collapse, my Twitter picture is now Handy Andy yeah. as well. Collapse on the track. All the things just smashed everywhere. Yeah. It's just the best. Mo- yeah. when he, I really want to find that whole episode of, of when he builds a shelf and breaks the teapots because yeah. that is the best moment in British television ever. <laughs> I would happily do another pod on that. I would love like, to do. Oh, I could do a pod there. on the on the three minute clip. To be honest, there's so <laughs> yeah, much going good. on. I mean, so that's, many that's stages. Nice it has nothing to do with the with Steve Agnew's changing room. So, so. But it doesn't matter. No. Like we could just we could interject with. Well, this is where Steve Agnew would do a he better job than Andy. Andy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is where he would come right. in. Short for Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Handy Andy was probably like in his pomp during Premier Passions, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. There's like changing rooms. He was, was like he was deep in his pomp. Yeah, it was big changing rooms was the big the big TV show of the of that era, definitely. I remember. <laughs> it's just so funny. I'm just like that's amazing. That clip. It's just incredible. If anyone hasn't seen it, we no. If you haven't seen it, it, you need to watch the clip of Handy Andy destroying. The, just look at my Twitter picture. And, it, and then, and then the, and, and then look at my header photo, which is them assembling the teapots on the <laughs> shelf. <laughs> There's a bit where he has to go uh, where Linda Barker. Who actually, well, Linda Barker went to University of Sunderland. So, well, there you link. go. It's her fault. So it's Linda it's Barker's fault. fault. She commissioned it, and Hand- Andrew Andrew it was said it, it, was, it was a Mon- bad idea. It's minging. It's minging. It's men against yeah, boys. You know. He said, as big long problem, as you don't put big too problem much on with it, these, yeah, big problem with these shelves. <laughs> <laughs> big fucking problems. And then you've got like the narrator, like Sunland went on to lose three one. The teapots <laughs> yeah. were yeah. smashed yeah. on the floor. Yeah, the teapots were destroyed. That's <laughs> <laughs> when he goes in to pick them up and like, what are you going to do with them? <laughs> yeah, it's when he's got them in his hand and he's like, what are you going to going to put these back together? Are you? And then when he's standing, when when they're talking through it. And he's standing there, and he's all sheepish in the corner. Is like the woman's hysterical. He's just stood there, like, yeah, yeah, yeah I built this. Yeah, yeah, it's my yeah. fault. <laughs> so that's handy, Andy. <laughs> He'd only watch it, yeah. Yeah, I never had to make 20 appearances for yeah. a Happy World television. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> handy, Andy, who uh, 
Peter Reid was interested in, but the fee was yeah. too high, so he didn't sign him. Can we call I mean, the episode? Can Andrew literally Andrew? have done a job for us. <laughs> well, no, uh, because it's going to be called. Yeah, it doesn't really meet Premier the conventions. Deep Diet episode one. Aye. Fair enough. <laughs> but I'm, but glad, it, I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad we've ended like this. That's a good so, place to end. I think. Yeah. 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 I think. I think we need. It's. It's again. You know. We need a little bit of silliness in our lives. Um, and there's lots of silliness in the episode. Um, but talking about Handy Andy, it's culturally correct because it was on at the same time as, as this show. Yeah. So it's absolutely... Linda Barker went to the University of Sunderland. Yeah. My second name's Barker. Yeah. Yeah, um, great. I don't... I so, was about to say, I, I don't wear a bra when I'm gardening, but that's a different show. That's Ground Force. That's a different it? one. That was another yeah. one. Yeah. yeah and to be fair, if I was to put a shelf up, it would end like that. So... Totally. I wonder who Andy Andy supports. Probably, I'm going to say Wimbledon. Yeah, it'll be one of them, won't it? I'm going to say Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah. Andy Andy football team. <laughs> <laughs> Fine now. While we're here, may as well do it. Yeah. Andy Andy. We're going to have to uh, fill if if you you know yeah. you need to know in ten seconds, otherwise. Andy. I've mistyped it. What, have you put Andrew few... Andrew because I've said it too Do you know what? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure that before the um, Sampdoria testimonial, Andy Andy's Tommy, testimonial that that Tommy Walsh played in a celebrity team at the stadium, <laughs> right? Oh yes, I'm sure Second. he did. I'm sure he did. Was Andy Andy not there then? Because I don't he could know. Have been. But he might before, have been. So before the before the Sampdoria game, there was um, there was a, like a celebrity like a game of celebrities. Yeah, um, didn't Peter E play in it? Maybe it was like ex pros against celebs or something, and it had really funny that like, Bowling missed the penalty streets. in his own testimony. And um, so Tommy Walsh, I'm sure Tommy Walsh played. So. Yeah, that's great. Aren't cool. Right, it's called who, does, who does he support? <laughs> Don't know. He's uh, born in South know. London. I Palace. found his Wikipedia page here. Crystal uh, Palace. I don't know. Don't know. We'll never know. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to leave it and then. Maybe he out. built. Maybe uh, maybe he's, he built Tottenham Hotspur's new ground. Yeah. Yeah. He's, so if he's you listen, Andy you know if you know who Andy 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 supports. Or oh, if you are Andy Andy. Then get in touch um, at Wise Men Say Pod and let yeah. us know. Yeah. So if go. anyone has a contact for Handy Andy and could get him on the, yeah. the future oh, yeah. episode of the Wise Men Say Podcast, please do let me know immediately. What we should do is we get Handy Andy on and Steve Agnew on <laughs> and then talk about, they do a pod talking about changing rooms with Steve Agnew. Um, as if it's a thing that's going to happen and baffle them both. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, let's do that. Then let's sort that out. I found his uh, agent's page. <laughs> oh, <God laughs> <sake>. <laughs> we need to end. We need to end this now. People yeah. are tuning. People are tuning out in their droves. <laughs> right. I'm gonna. I, I will find this out, and I will let you know. I mean, apo- apologies episode. for the indulgence, but I mean, you're not doing anything else, are you? Let's be no. honest. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, you are. You just Sorry. either 
just sitting at home. Take time out. This is this is part this is partridge at the fair, isn't it? Yeah, this is I mean, you, you see, yeah, you're yeah, not fire, even listening. Fire. Are you? <laughs> the fair's on fire. I mean, you, you're either sitting at home after you've finished work, working from home, bored, or you've just been furloughed and you're bored. So you know, sorry, yeah, that, but the, the, it's a it's a potent combination. The fact that I've been furloughed and I'm I have a naturally curious mind because I will find it out. <laughs> right, excellent. Out. So it'll be episode two. We'll 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 find out. Yeah, let's contact us. Let's contact us, agent. Email us. Email us. Email now. Email us. Email us, agent, and yeah. we'll read the we'll read the reply out on the on the pod when he replies. Yes, great. Yeah, great. Right, there we do. Right, great. I'm on. I'm on it. Right. Um, stay safe. Uh, wash your hands. Don't drive to Barnard Castle. Fuck the mags. <laughs> More footballing passions from Sunderland next week on BBC One at Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.